Hey there, and welcome to the Punched and Played podcast. We're the sometimes funny, sometimes analytical podcast all about board games and the unique experiences they create. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Rose, and I'm joined by Jonathan Baker. Hey, everybody. And Clint Broadbent. Happy New Year, everyone. Wow, we've been doing this for one year. Insane. We're so old. I know, isn't it crazy? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Grizzled veterans. So we're now in 2016, and I thought it'd be fun to talk about what are our gaming resolutions? What things do we hope to do more in 2016 in regard to gaming that we weren't able to do in 2015? So I thought what we'd do is talk about maybe, well, that's one of the things. I imagine if we talked about, if we asked ourselves what one of our resolutions would be for 2016, I imagine one of them would be to play more games. Definitely. (laughs) I figure that's probably a pretty fair assumption. Mm -hmm. So I thought what we'd do instead is focus more on what are the specific games, new or old. There's no rules here. Just what games do you hope to try to be able to play more or a new game maybe that you want to try in 2016? And maybe also talk about some of our more general resolutions in regard to gaming, maybe things that we would want to change about ourselves in terms of how we play games, meeting new people, something about the podcast. It's really open up. So we're going to do more gaming-centric, what do we want to play more, and then also dive a little bit more into what our more general gaming resolutions are. Sound like a plan? Sounds great. Sounds All awesome. right. So, Jonathan, what's one of the games that you're looking forward to trying or playing more in 2016? Well, I'm really looking forward to getting into some of these games that I got in the math trade from a BGG Con. I got to try Shadowrun Crossfire, played it quite a bit. I don't think it's going to work out for me, but uh, I'm really looking forward to trying Russian Rail- Railroads. It's on my to-do list. It's in my closet. I keep pulling it out and looking at it, and I'm hoping that I'm going to get some free time to be able to play that. Also, I really want to play Crossmaster Arena. I picked that up, and I am really really want to finish our imperial assault campaign we're very close but we've we've kind of ground out in the last month or so but i think we've got two missions left i believe i really want to get that done so how long do you think it's going to take you to actually play all those games that you picked up for the math trade that's not gonna take you all year no it won't um with the exception of mage knight maybe it might (laughs) might take me all year to build up to mage knight it's just sitting there looking at me but i think the rest of them will and i you know i've it's just I'm, it's such a busy time for me right now. I'm really hoping my life's going to kind of slow down just a little bit in the new year, and I'm going to be able to hit some of these games. Also, want to continue to go back and hit some of the favorites that you know the family likes, like Istanbul and um, Lords of Waterdeep and things like that. Have you played the, your expansion for Istanbul yet? Um, that is a Christmas gift for my wife, so I hope she's not listening to this podcast, but. Well, it, this will go up in the new year, so... Yeah, well, <laughs> um, well, hopefully I will have played it by the time this podcast releases. <laughs> we can only We'll hope. see. Mm-hmm. We'll hope she's excited, because I know she really does like Istanbul quite a bit. Yes. And I, I tell you, if you ever want to try the Lords of Waterdeep expansion, just, just, just beckon. Okay. <laughs> and it will magically appear on your doorstep. Thanks, Sean. Corruption tokens... Scattered around your front porch. Yeah, I'm feeling some corruption. <laughs> Sean, the corrupter. Something like that. <laughs> so, Clint, are there, are there any games for you that you're really wanting to try to play more in 2016? You know what? I was thinking about it, and the first thing that came to my mind was Arcadia Quest. I've known I just barely got done backing the Arcadia Quest Inferno. I uh, just finished up a little earlier in the month in the month of December, 
and it was just fun. I was one of the things that I regret. I regret not backing the the original Arcadia Quest Kickstarter. This was probably the most fun I've ever had on Kickstarter. In that, like every every day, we were getting a new email saying stretch goal unlocked. Here's a new Kickstarter exclusive character. It's really funny because I'm mad at Cool Mini or not because I can't find any of the Kickstarter exclusive you know minis that they had uh, that i just didn't know about before i got to know arcadia quest so your resolution is going to be to spend your entire life savings trying to track down all the miniatures yeah. that you did can't get absolutely not <laughs> after spending 50 dollars at the cool mini or not booth for two characters i told myself okay i got i'm i'm at peace i've got the ones that i want i'm good you know i've got the cool minis kickstarter exclusive minis that i wanted but i don't need them all so jonathan our, our little clint's growing up growing up so, so, so proud. proud so proud growing up or getting poorer so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's one of the same isn't it yes well I, but anyways i really i was excited this kickstarter was a blast i went total hog wild and then had to like pull back a little bit at the at the end but I'm really excited. I really like Arcadia Quest. It's really been a kind of a, a pivoting point for me. I really like that it's like an Ameritrashy type of game. But it's actually a pretty darn fun game. It's short. I'm surprised I haven't been able to get this out more. I've played it twice. Oh, that's why I was just about to ask you. How many times have you really played it? Yeah, I've played it twice. And I haven't been able to play it with the same people twice. And so one of my goals this, this year is to get through an entire quest. There, there, it's there's six in a in a in a quest line, and so I want to try to get through all six uh, in the original game before the end of the year. I think it's totally doable, but I'm really excited about that one. That's a that's uh, really high on my list, and it's a game that I think is really fun. And like I said, I've invested in the game. But I, I just really think that this just needs to get out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start bringing it around and getting out the puppy dog eyes and smiling and saying, please, you know, play this game. So it'll be fun. Please, sir, can we play some more? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I've played with uh, two of Jonathan's uh, sons, and they really like the game. Uh, and so I was, like I said, I just think that if we can play it, we'll have fun. But if we, you know, I just got to get there and I just got to, I got to, we'll get to this later. But I, you know, I just think this will be a hit. So great. All right, Clint. So are there any other games that you're looking forward to in particular? Not in particular. I have a couple games that I really want to play. But in general, my new goal for this, for this year is to really try to get some heavier games to the table. Notice like looking at some of my plays lately I'm getting really good at getting the light to medium to light games, the 45-minute games. I really want to get these 90-minute games to the table. I I don't feel like I've got enough, and I think that sometimes when I get together with, you know, our board game group or something like that, I'm always the one that gets put in, you know, I gravitate to these, these shorter, more party games, and I've noticed that my time is really short, and so I really want to try to get some of these bigger games played. So not like the epic games, but uh, for me, I want to try to. I find a lot like a lot of my favorite games are between sixty and ninety minutes long. 
I really want to try to push that out and see if we can if I can get some more of those games played. And how do you plan to achieve that lofty goal, my friend? With pizza and and kind kind words to to you guys. Maybe by coming to game night. Hey, I come to game night when I can. Burn. Burn. <laughs> Well, for me, 2016, I think that's going to be the year of Mice and Mystics for me. I am, I'm, I'm wanting to introduce it to my son officially. I had him play one of the scenarios with me just to kind of see how he'd do. But I think he's finally at a point where I can actually fully launch it, explain it to him, and I think we can actually start playing together. I mean, we'll, I'll have to simplify some of the stuff in terms of the special powers. I mean, he can't can't read all those cards yet but i think that if i can explain enough of it i think that we could actually start playing a full game the full campaign of mice and mystics because i i have i've i've had downward tales for a year and i have not been able to play it yet so i really want to try to be able to get through this and be able to really dive into that full universe and i also have tail feathers now hooray yeah yay but that's a two-player game that's gonna be a little bit harder for me to get out but those Oh my gosh. I wish I was a faster painter because those birds are screaming for paint right now. <laughs> have you seen some of the paint jobs people have been doing for those? They're phenomenal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I might have to see if I can convince Seamus here in, in Stillwater to uh, maybe paint for me again. Because mm-hmm. he can do it a lot faster than I can. I'm starting to think about reaching out and getting some people to paint some of my miniatures also. I've started to think about it. I'm like, ah, I just really... I know I love this game. I really want to get these these miniatures painted. And uh, Mice and Mystics is on the list. Yeah. So I, I love the game so much. I, I've been playing the the campaign. It's not really even a campaign. I've been playing the campaign. I just recruit anybody that will play it, and I just indoctrinate them into it and say, okay, well, in a previous game, we did this, so we have this token. <laughs> so I'm playing the campaign, and I'll just do it with whoever will play. So <laughs> it's hard. I think campaigns are hard. Yes. And so, yes. I mean, my wife and I, we started Imperial Assault, and we had a great time playing that, but it's just so hard to keep going. But, mm-hmm. no, I think, I think I'm with you, Jonathan, that I would like to be able to do some more campaigns in 2016. Mm-hmm. But I think, for me, I want to get my son more involved in gaming, and I think that Mice and Mystics might be the next step for me. Are there anything, anything else that you guys are really looking forward to accomplishing in 2016 in terms of what games you want to play? I mean, it's going to sound like a broken record, but, you know, Clint wants to play Robinson Crusoe, and I want to play some more Lord of the Rings living card games. So. <laughs> I think playing some of our favorite games is, is a worthy goal. Uh, I started looking, and after the big influx of games that I got from board BGG Con, I saw all these cool games, and I'm just thinking, oh, this, you know, that game looks cool. Well, I can't wait to play that game. And then I started looking up there, and I saw some of my favorite games, like Robinson, like Dominant Species, like Eclipse, and I'm thinking, "Wow, I really want to play those again," you know. And I just, I know I love this game. I might like this game, but I know I love this game. So I'm kind of in the same thing. I, some of these games that we love to play, I really want to get to the table more. It's hard. So, so I think we're at a point where we have so many games that it's hard to be able to bring them all out. Which I think is okay. Uh, I have a friend, Ben, at Daedalus Productions. He has a lot of games. We kind of started hobby board gaming at the same time. And he really, in the past two years, has like taken off. His, his collection's grown exponentially. 
And I tell them, I'm like, well, why do, you know, we have this philosophical argument all the time of, well, I need to stop buying as many game as many games because I'm just not playing them all. And he always says, well, I have a lifetime to play these games. You know, what's the matter with, with buying it and putting it on a shelf? You know, oddly enough, <laughs> that's my wife's philosophy. She doesn't like me buying a ton of games, but she's when I say that I'm thinking about trading this game away or maybe I want to sell it. She's like, why? We might play that when we get older. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> you don't like that game. But so, yeah, something about that, the idea of maybe holding on to them, having that lifetime to be able to play it. I, I kind of see that argument, but again, you've only got so much space. Yeah, and that's kind of my thing right now. I'm hovering where I have my two big board game shelves, and I'm starting to run out of space. I've had to start going like super vertical uh, on my board game shelves, and I'm starting to wonder. I'm like, well, do I buy another board game shelf, or do I just say enough is enough and one board game in, one board game out, and it's tough it's tough it's time to add a new wing to the house there yeah i know just with all that money i'm making for being a graduate student (laughs) you know but i I don't know like personally i think that that's one of my big things and it's kind of got me in this mindset of you know we talk about top 10 games you know i'm afraid to buy a game sometimes thinking well it's kind of cool in the moment it's like a hot game right now but is it going to be a great game in five years you know, we play some of these games and it's just like they're they're good games, but are they, you know, are they going to be good in five years? It's so hard to gauge, though. How, how do you determine that a game's going to be a worthy game to play in five years from now? I, my question, my big thing is, so you play some games and after a little while you're like, well, this game's replaced that game for me. Like Arkham Horror is the perfect example. Sure. So you have Arkham Horror, you bought a million and one expansions. And then Eldritch Horror comes, Eldritch Horror comes out, and I'm sorry, if anybody wants to argue that Arkham Horror is better than Eldritch Horror, I I have a very hard time believing that. If you've really played Eldritch, okay, folks, unleash on Clint in the comments section, please. <laughs> I I and think you cannot see my hands, but I'm doing the Morpheus, you know, bring it. I've played I've played both games. You're gonna crash our website. <laughs> I I challenge you. I am sorry. I have played Arkham Horror twice. I played Eldritch Horror just once, but I've watched it been played multiple times. And it's a better game. It's a better game. Different experiences, but I don't know why you would need to own both of them. And so in my book, like that would be a scary point for me. I have I can't remember, I offered a trade. I said I wanted Arkham Horror in trade three or four years ago and i had people just trying to push arkham horror on me like i'll give you arkham horror and you just give me five dollars you know they were just trying to give it away because they just never get to play it and i wait wait wait. someone was was offering you arkham horror for five dollars and you didn't take it no Mm -mm. i know i'm going to get elder chart at some point but i for me okay i'm I'm sorry i'm gonna stop you right there arkham horror is definitely worth five dollars well, it is, but if am I ever going to play it? I, I think you're giving you're giving Arkham Horror the short stick here. I don't think it's that it's a different like I said it's a different experience. Some people want that experience, so I don't, I'm not going to say that's a, that it's a worse game than Eldritch Horror. I think just for us, it's probably not. It's not our cup of tea as much. Yes, it's not. It's not cup of tea. And you know what? I bought Arkham Horror. I bought a good 
Arkham Horror game. It's called it's called Elder Sign. Dang and it. I can get it done. I can get it done in 45 minutes. Oh, I was just agreeing with you up until that last point and you totally you totally lost me there. What what what, what you, so you don't like Arkham Horror? Oh no, I agree with Elder Tor is greater than Arkham Horror, but then you had to go and, and you went Elder Sign. Yeah. No. I don't think Elder Sign replaces. I think that's more <sighs> apples and oranges, but if I want that that Lovecraftian theme, I'm going to Elder Sign because I can play it in 45 minutes. I can't play Arkham Horror in under three hours. I dare anyone to play with even just one new person. I I have seen horror stories. Again, you can ask my friends. I had one person literally almost pull this person like by the hair through a game of Arkham Horror just because it was just like, okay, we started this game. We're three hours in. We just have to get through it just to finish it. And it's just, I just think it's a be- it's a better game. So it's streamlined. It definitely is. Elders is more streamlined. But again, if you're going for the more, I'm walking through the towns. I'm having to avoid monsters or fight them in the streets. You're gonna get that with Arkham. You're not gonna get as much of that in Eldritch. So again, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Mm-hmm. But anyways, was there anything else that you wanted to f- touch on in particular? Was there something in, in regard to Eldritch that you really wanted to hit? No, I just for me, I want to play some of my favorite favorite games get some of those games out more some of my top 10 games that i feel like they've still aged really well i don't need to get all my games but there are some games that i really really want to get get out like the robinson the eclipse you know gallerist species gallerist is coming i got it on pre-order and it just is not coming out but hopefully i'll have that by the by the time we get back together in january oh yeah Hooray! Well, it's kind of ironic to me that you guys are mentioning, you know, collecting these games and and trying to decide, you know, whether or not to get rid of games because the number two thing I wrote on my list for resolutions is, you know, to trade or auction off some more games. I don't have a huge game collection, but I've really been satisfied so far with this math trade. Like I said, I've only played a a couple things and kind of looked around at the other things I've gotten, but... I feel pretty good about letting go some of the stuff, even though I liked it. I feel pretty good about letting some of that stuff go and just, you know, opening up some space and moving on and trying something else. Um, And if I don't like the stuff that I got, I'm going to be ready to rotate it out and move it on. And I've got a couple things that didn't trade that are just still sitting in the pile. And I'm feeling the first time I thought about doing this, it really made me kind of tense up inside. And I wasn't sure if this was a good idea. But, you know, Clint's experiences, luckily he didn't relate all his bad experiences to me, but <laughs> his experiences, you know, that I, I did know about kind of encouraged me to go on and, and, and try it out. And, you know, I'm I'm excited to keep the games flowing in and out. I don't have to lock on to all of them. Some of them I definitely want to keep. So you're, you're talking about maybe leasing your games. I'm not bad. I'm not. I'm feeling good about that. Like, you know, the idea of Russian railroads, if I don't like it. I know I'm going to be able to trade it off. It's in good. It, I got it in great condition. I'm going to keep it in great condition, you know. And if I try it once or twice, then I know it's not going to click. It's not going to work. I'm going to be willing to just move it on. And, but if it's a game you love, you're going to hold yeah, on to it and yeah. keep it in your collection. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I like that approach. I, again, it, I I'm not a not at a point where I feel like I can let go of certain things. Like 1960 Reef Encounter, I still like those games. My wife despises them. I just still can't let go of them. I used to be a lot more sentimental about my games. And I, there are some games that I'm very sentimental about and that I like want to hold them and cherish them. And like, they're like my, my pride and joys. 
but I've started to I started to kind of say after a little while I'm like okay well you're kind of taking up space that I kind of need and I like you as a game and all but let's just kind of be friends like I said I think swapping out some games through like trades and flea markets it's been a very positive experience and i mean board game geek does a fantastic job with math trades and flea markets i really think it's a great way of trying out games that you might not have wanted to try out without the pressure of well i gotta have this game forever and for always i you know i've traded for games and traded those games that i traded away after a little while and uh, I think that's just kind of part of the experience. It's not that I don't like games or I'm a curmudgeon. It's just I, I really like to explore new games, and it's a great way of doing it. Why did you look at me when you said all that? Context. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> how do you follow that up, Sean? I, I don't know. Tell me how you feel. <laughs> I'll just cut it out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the gold. All my gold. <laughs> Stalin. That was gold? Yes. Okay. So one of the things, you know, when talking about, like, we're kind of been segueing into more of our more general resolutions, I feel like, in in regard to gaming. Mine's a little bit different. You guys guys are familiar with Chaz Marler, right? Paradise. Yeah, Paradise. 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 Yes. Yes. So he's been, he actually put out some, some videos that talk about, Kind of how to grow your audience, things to do as a media creator, and they're actually really good. I, I like his sense of humor. He's goofy, but in a good way, and I really like that. But one of the things that he was talking about was about you want to have passion for what you're doing. And when we we're talking about podcasts, he says, you know, you can be a hero, you can be a villain, but never be forgettable. And so that's the part. I think the key to not being forgettable whenever you're creating media is to figure out what is your passion and really capitalizing on that. And so for me, that's one of the things that I'm really wanting to focus more on in 2016 is to really focus more on what I'm passionate about. So what do you think I'm most passionate about in regard to games? Acquiring them. No, no. You have no room to talk, sir. I don't. This is the pot. Hey, hey, kettle. This is pot speaking. I have gotten a lot better. Thank you very much. <laughs> Baby steps. I'm doing the work. I'm not a slacker. What do I like most in my games recently? The experience. The experience and the story. That's what I'm wanting to really... I want to dive a little bit more, maybe in within our podcast, talking a little bit more about some of these more analytical things, about the stories, focusing on that, really bring that passion that I have, because I love those experiences. I love having a story unfold as I'm playing a game, and I want to bring that out more as we're ta- doing our podcasts. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, kind of reflecting on that. What do you think your passions are in regard to games? I think it's kind of funny, because I feel like I'm kind of pulling the other way, which is surprising to me kind of getting a little more interested in some more Euro-type experiences. I, I For me, I, I, I like to just experiment and play around with things, and you know that's why I like stuff like Above and Below. It's not for the story for me. It was just kind of experimenting and seeing how the little little world building works and how I can, you know, get this building to do this and do that. But I don't understand why they have to be mutually exclusive. I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I think, though, that... They, you're right that stereotypically, though, when we talk about this, you know, the lines are getting blurred uh, more and more. But I think the Euro games typically 
tend to lack that theme or that story, while Ameritrash games really have a great story, but really sometimes are not fantastic games. Um, and that's the stereotype, but I think that, you know, some of our favorite games are games that marry both of them together uh, really well. Yeah. So I don't feel like you've either one of you have answered my question here. Was there a question? Yeah. What, is, what are you passionate about in board games? I'm a passionate about the personal experience. Like, for me, I, I love a great game. But when I think of a great game, I think of the great people that I play with. Um, I'm very passionate about, like, like learning new people, like learning about new people, having great experiences, and really, uh, you know, exploring a game with somebody. Uh, I play some solo games, but I could just, I feel like that's what makes me, you know, that's kind of my passion is seeing that, you know, excitement on someone's face when you teach them a game that they like or playing a game with somebody and talking to them about it afterwards, even if it was a good or a bad game and analyzing it. it for me, it's that experience of being with these guys you know, playing with them, having a fun experience. You know, I've made great friends that way. You know, I met you guys through board games. And those are things that I that I really enjoy and that I feel like I'm passionate about. You know? I, I agree. I think you definitely are probably you, you are the social butterfly of our of our group, that's for sure. True. true. Flutter, flutter, flutter. Yes, flutter, <laughs> flutter, flutter. But no, I think you do. You do intend, tend to accentuate more of the social aspects about games. I and I love that. But mm-hmm. I think you definitely, I think you're right. I think the social aspects are kind of what you're passionate about. Yeah. And I think one of my gaming resolutions in regards to the podcast is I really want to, I'm not a super social media person. I'm not old, but I, I just, I must have missed the wave of like Facebook and stuff. So I'm going to try to, you know, reach out more to some of our listeners and and kind of be more of a commenter and talking about certain games with certain people and, you know, doing those type of things. Because like I said, the more and more I work with this community, this community is amazing. And there are a lot of amazing people in it. And I just, I really, I really enjoy that with people. And I think that I want to try to make a better effort, you know, through the podcasts and stuff uh, to reach out and to talk to people and like start conversations with other people kind of, like I said, get to know other great people that are in the hobby. And that actually ties into something I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. But Jonathan? You've, Clint, you've really made me question, and I've got a lot of self-doubt now. So I hope you're happy. <laughs> For me, I immediately was thinking, you know, I really want to play a few of my favorite games with a few of my favorite people and really keep those numbers down kind of to, to small numbers and kind of just delve into something over and over again, really like investigate and explore it. Uh, but really, I was thinking that I just want to play more games with you know a few people who I like to play games with. My you know some people in my family, you guys, a few other people from the game group. And I was kind of thinking, you know, I don't really want to put a whole lot of effort into reaching out to a bunch of other new people and expanding my horizon. So you really you're really challenging me here, Clint. I, I think that there's a, there's a happy middle ground. Another thing that I'd like to do is I'd like to play more board games with you guys because I feel sometimes like I go and I meet new people and we play, like I got to play Mysterium and Code Names over Thanksgiving with some of our neighbors. And it was fantastic. But I've walked away from it thinking 
man, I kind of wish that I could play a game with Jonathan and Sean, you know, and I think that they're like, you know, we getting us getting together. I think some of my best experiences have been kind of when we sit together at, you know, at Sean's work or something like that and we just kind of delve into a new game and we just you know we try it and we say what we like what we didn't like i i think that can be just as enjoyable i think there's a happy balance so was my answer shocking (laughs) no i mean i think i think that's i mean i mean i just wish more gamers would get off my lawn is what i was (laughs) (laughs) but you know you're the one that hosts all of our game nights you know and you've really been thinking about how can we grow our our group and all that. And I and I'm really yeah I'm really interested in that. And I'm also here I am planning kind of a a reach out to another group and try to see if we can make some more connections. And mm-hmm. I'm always talking to people in Ponca, you know, in other cities and stuff, and trying to communicate and and do different things. But I just you know. I guess I've just so been so busy lately that I'm starving for any game time. And, you know, I really do miss getting to spend time with you guys. I guess that's what it's boiling down to. Yeah, yeah. And we talk about it all the time. But, you know, whenever we get together on the Friday night board game nights, I do extra brownie points with my wife to make sure that I can go. And I sometimes, like I said, I've, I've gone a couple times where... I mean, I played a 45-minute game and a 15-minute game and a game of Werewolf and walked out. And while I had a great time, I was thinking to myself, man, this is like I really pushed to, to go to this and I didn't get to play a game with some of my good friends. I didn't get to play a game with Sean or Jonathan. It's kind of a bummer, and that's kind of leads back into that, that thing of you know wanting to play some of these heavier games, I think. You know, us getting together is something that I'm going to try to, you know, we're going to try, I'm going to try personally to create more time yeah. um, from my huge, my huge, like wide open, I have a lot of time schedule, I guess. Yeah. Sarcasm. <laughs> I do admit, like, one thing that I love about, John, like, playing games with Jonathan, Jonathan is very much in his element when we're playing a game. Like, Jonathan playing a game and Jonathan like in real life. It's really fun to see Jonathan in playing a game. Like I'm serious. Even when we have a bad game, you're still pretty good about it. Remember when we played Watson and Holmes, like you were like, I'm going to flip the table. I laughed. I laughed at that because you couldn't tell. I was mad. You could not tell. Like you're, you're a very good player. I felt felt really bad later. but you you couldn't tell, and so for me, I I think that that's that's kind of funny uh, when we talk about that type of thing. I think Jonathan enjoys just kind of being in a game with friends. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting because Jonathan, you accentuate more of the the gameplay aspects of it. I'm more the experience. Not saying that we're in all these are not saying that we're we don't appreciate these different things, mm-hmm. but I feel like you know, Clint, you're more the social one. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, you're more the gameplay one. And I'm more of the experience or story one. Is that is that a fair assessment, or do you feel like that's pigeonholing us too much? And with our and with our powers combined, we are Captain Planet, yes. right? Yes. I thought you were going to say punch and play. <laughs> we can you, we can edit that back in. Okay. Yeah, punch and play, but Captain Planet, I'm the heart. Heart. <laughs> it, was, it felt like it felt right. <laughs> okay. Come on, Captain Planet was cool. I never liked Captain Planet. What? Ooh. You, Moving on. You were the heart guy. Wow. I know. 
Heart. So, what other gaming-focused resolutions do you guys have? Ironically, again, (laughs) one of my resolutions is to kind of get back on the getting game groups organized, getting game nights organized, kind of getting some more connections made. I'm really hoping to meet some of the other gamers in our area through a couple different opportunities I'm looking at. And, And even though I really honestly want to kind of bore down and spend more time with you guys, I'm also expanding out at the same time so i hope you're happy clint yeah our little social butterfly i know you're growing up too john (laughs) it happened too soon how about you clint i think oh man i i really feel like that those were the big one those are the big ones for me is reaching out being more a part of the board gaming community um especially through punched and played playing some more games with uh with my with my friends playing some of these heavier games, you know, playing some more of these heavier games and getting some of those games like Arcadia Quest and 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 those out, you know, playing some more of these, you know, I've always kind of been afraid of commitment when it comes to games, you know, like we said, the scenario type games, you know, when we have like people that you're dependent on, like an RPG, uh, I I love RPGs. I think that they're fantastic, but the commitment is what I've always been afraid of. So, Again, I really feel like that's that's what I really want to do is let's I'm not going to be afraid of that commitment and to say, okay, let's just play and let's make a concerted effort to get together and, and see this thing through. That's good. That's good. What about you, Sean? Well, one thing in particular, we did a little experiment back in May. We did the board game book club. Yes. So what we did is we... we uh, Don't make me play Pandemic again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, actually, actually, I actually want to play Legacy. That, that yes. is, that's one of my game resolutions as well. I want to I want to be able to get through all of Pandemic Legacy in 2016. Another mm-hmm. campaign. But I feel like we can, we can do that. I think that we're excited enough to be able to get through Pandemic Legacy in 2016. Because there's been a lot of people who've already finished it. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently Scott Nicholson won the game without losing four times in a row. Oh, wow. And their group decided not to open box number eight. I, I wonder about that. For me, too. We, we played a game. We played a game of Dead of Winter. And that was kind of the exact same thing. We had a pivotal moment, and uh, we were playing with the app, so it hides all the what happens afterwards. This person failed the role. Their person didn't survive to go out and do something. And we had an awesome combo, as in, like, if they would have got there, we would have won the game, and we had one of the characters out there that could have, like, translated this important thing, and we did not read the thing. I... I agree. I'm I'm torn at that. You know, for me, I it makes me want to go back. But all right, well, we are going on a tangent here. But like, for example, in Risk Legacy, there's an envelope at the very bottom of the box under the insert. Spoiler, if you don't know this, but there's a packet that says, "Do not open ever." Would you open that? Yes. <laughs> no. No. No, I would open that. I'm totally going to open it after I get a little bit further. Well, <laughs> if I ever get to Sean, play this game again. self-delusion. Yes. Self-delusion here. It's not a bad game. You guys are just I'll, jerks. I'll, I'll play that. I'll play that. Just when we have confrontations in games, it, it gets, you know. No, when there are games that are designed around confrontation, 
I'm good with it. I don't like the sneaky, oh, well, I have this option of completely screwing you over. Bam! I'm feeling Shakespeare coming on here. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, what happens <laughs> if I roll threes like the three stagecraft thing? I'm really fine with games that have confrontation. I just don't like the... I'm fine. <laughs> I love it because you're not in the same room. I, I don't need to worry about getting hit. Oh my God, you're painting me like this horrible... <laughs> I put the punch and punched yes. him. Like- yes, you <laughs> did. Yes. Oh, I, you know, we're just joshing you. We well, got- there, there was that one time I smacked John. <laughs> For sure. What? For sure. I have not heard this. I think it was during our Halloween episode. Yes, definitely. Oh, yes. I do remember that. He okay. wasn't enthusiastic enough. That's right. Try harder. Like this more. Anyways, completely went off on a tangent there, and usually people don't like that. So. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> No, it's my fault. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> so the board game book club. What we did, is we, I, the idea here was we were going to pick a board game. And we did this back in episode seven where we did the talked about the cult and the new. We wanted to kind of spur this idea of playing games we already own multiple times to really dive into them deeper and really appreciate those games. And so we did this horribly convoluted die rolling system. We had a D20 and we had a game assigned to each number and each person was given a re-roll and we kept re-rolling and we ended up choosing Pandemic. And so for the month of May, we played Pandemic once a week and we kind of kept track of our, kind of how our opinions of the game had changed. And for me, honestly, Pandemic Legacy is, I don't, I know. Do you feel like the Pandemic Legacy has replaced Pandemic for you? No. Mm-mm. I, I think that Pandemic Legacy is a better game, but I think Pandemic is still amazing is an amazing game by itself i agree with you i think that the first time you played pandemic probably blew your mind oh absolutely. and the whole deal with pandemic legacy is that pandemic legacy is trying to simulate the first time that you played pandemic you know 12 you know 12 or 16 times yeah. each time you know each time you play there's something new yeah and I think that that's the big thing about games. Uh, I think that that something new is is always attractive. That's the reason why I like to leave certain things on the table. I don't want to know the ending if we didn't get to it. I don't want to bend the rules. I want to try again. Yeah. Are Are you surprised that Pandemic Legacy is hit number three on Board Game Geek? No, not at all. I'm surprised at how fast it got there. Yes. Uh, but I mean, like when Eclipse came out, Eclipse like shot up and. Terra Mystica is the exact same way. I think that those, both of those rode the hype wave super high, but I, I agree. I, I think that three is really high, but that doesn't, with the, how big the hype wave is, I that doesn't surprise me at all. How about you, Jonathan? I'm surprised it got, uh, I'm surprised it got there that quickly. It's the speed of it. I think it's, I think it's great. Um, I think it really deserves to be in the top it. 10, absolutely. It, deser- it deserves to be in the top 10. I mean, you talk about taking just an amazing system and then adding on all the innovation of the the legacy design to marry, marrying those two together and it's it, it is good it's very good yeah if you look at all the top 10 games though all the top 10 games that are on board game geek they had some ooh la la factor that that pushed them up over the thing i mean puerto rico was you know was one of the first real gamer games you know gamer euro games that you didn't roll any dice. It was a it was a strong thing, and it pushed it up there. And then Agricola did the same thing 
with Uwe Rosenberg, you know, you know, that that unique feed your people, you know, there's this microcosm of your little farm. You know, every, each one of these things I think brought something new and and flashy. And I think that honestly, Pandemic Legacy brought the legacy aspect to the forefront in a customer, uh, not a consumer, yeah, kind of a consumer friendly, more widespread thing that risk couldn't do. Yeah, so. that's true. So again, we went on another tangent. But the idea here is that with the board game book club, I'm wanting to bring that back because I think that the idea of being able to dive into a game and play it multiple times, really be able to get exposed to it, learn the strategies, and really appreciate that there's a lot of replayability in a lot of the games that we that we play and we own. And so instead of doing for doing it for one month, I'm really thinking we want to do it for, for two months. Because when we were playing Pandemic once a week for a month, I felt like we were kind of shackled down to making sure we played that every week. And sometimes you're like, well, I'm just not in the mood to play Pandemic. But we feel kind of compelled to do it. So we're going to broaden it out to two months. But I'm really excited to be able to get other people, other people to join in with us, to make it more of a club, to get more of that social interaction, and to discuss, have these dialogues about what we like, what we don't like about these games, how is it, how, how have our opinions changed, and really kind of dive deeper into these experiences. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. W- what are your guys' thoughts on this, re-exploring this board game book club again? I'm really excited about this. I mean, I did have the feeling like, like you did, where it was like, we've, we've got to play it. You know, we've got to play Pandemic. Yeah, I know there's other people who want to play other games, but no, we've got to play Pandemic. And I, I do like opening it up a little bit and not feeling that pressure to kind of get it all done in one month and, uh, you know, maybe take a week off here and there, but still have time to explore it, still be focused in on it for a, you know, finite period of time. Right. So if you're if you're a fan of this idea of doing a board game book club, and again, we're using book club as a kind of a metaphor here of essentially we're all going to be playing this same game together and anybody can join in and we're going to set up some sp- places on our website i really want to be able to set it up so people can actually go onto our website and actually post their own experiences upload pictures write narratives things like that they kind of talk about their own experiences so i'm hoping we can kind of do this as a collaboration i really look forward to it and i i'm excited to just kind of see where this goes in the new year yeah i think this is i love this idea and, you know, I've loved it from the start. And I think that it's one thing that, again, getting out to the community, I still love talking about some of the games and, oh, so you play that game. What did you think of it? You know, or what happened? There's always a good story to tell. And so I think that it'll be fun to tell the stories together. Yep. So now it's the process of figuring out what game we're going to play. We won't no be doing dice. A- <laughs> who, who, no who dice. the die today? Oh, no dice. Four, four rejections. Four re-rolls. No, I think we're just going to... Maybe reach out to the community. See, I tried to put some things out on Twitter, try to get, get, gauge some interest. Uh, there are definitely people out there that want to that are intrigued by this idea. So I think we've really fleshed out. It could be something special here. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you guys, resolution wise, that you have for 2016? Yes, I had one that I, I was thinking about. I'd really like to dip my toe into putting out some kind of video content. Um, personally, um, have a few ideas of things that I'm kind of interested in doing and. Once again, I'm hoping my schedule is going to free up a little bit in in this new year, and I think I might have some time where I'll be able to, you know, experiment a little bit, learn the ropes, um, see what I'd like to do, kind of come up with, try out some of these different ideas I've got. 
I'm with you 100%. I really want to be able to put out more content than just a podcast. Um, I really want to be able to do more written articles. But the idea of videos really excites me. I did the, the video for Trakirian, teaching the rules of that. And there are some issues with that video. Um, I'm, I'm still learning along the way as well. But the idea of getting us together and doing videos, I'm excited about doing that. <laughs> I, I think that'd be really fun. Is there anything in particular you're hoping to accomplish through those videos, Jonathan? Just I have a couple ideas of things I'd like to try and experiment. He's holding it close I, to his chest. I really want, one of them I, don't, I really don't want to spoil, so I'm going to keep it. Ooh. I'm intrigued. The mystery, the intrigue. That's what you got to do. You got to hook them with the mystery, and it's good little tidbits, but don't ever reveal the full answer. Civilization. That's all I can say. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I t- <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Clint, is there, are there any other resolutions that you have? No, I think I'm, I am g- survive the year. Um, hopefully be well on my way through my dissertation by the end of next year. So okay. fingers crossed. My, Jonathan, do you have any other resolutions? Nope. My, my last resolution for 2016 is to get Jonathan back to Board Game Geek Convention 2016. Yes. Free Jonathan Baker. It's going to take an act of Congress or me begging on your doorstep. Uh, we need to do a petition on... Uh, Start an online petition. Yes. yes. <laughs> Write your senator. Write your local senator. The year is young. We still have plenty of time to... Win, win you over. All right, so I think that is going to wrap up our 2016 resolution podcast. But we have to do the punch list. So, I know that Christmas is behind us, but we typically don't get each other games. We should do that. We should do that. But we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, the punch list. And for those of you that are not familiar with the punch list... This is where we come up with some category or condition of coming up with a board game that we think is punch-worthy. And this can vary quite a bit depending on the category that's chosen each week, but neither one of the other guys have any idea what's going to be thrown at them. They have to think on their feet. So this week's punch list is all about the idea of getting a game for somebody else. So here's how this is going to work. I'm buying a game for Clint. Clint, you're buying a game for Jonathan, and Jonathan, you're buying a game for me. Yup! Yay! Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) It could be a game, it could be an expansion, it can be any game that you can think of that you think this person, one, doesn't already own, but you think they would like. Fair enough. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man, I I had one for Clint. I have one. But all right. Okay, well, you get to go last, Jonathan, so that gives you some more time. Okay, so Clint, I know you say you don't want this, but I think you do. <laughs> you almost never want to hear somebody say that to you. <laughs> I know you don't want this, but... You love Robinson Crusoe so much, I think you really do need to get that expansion for it. I, I know you have reservations about it, but I think that you once you dove into it, I think you'd actually like it. I, I won't lie to you, it was on sale, and the finger was twitching the buy it now finger but uh the arcadia quest uh, i'm serious i'm gonna need to take out a second mortgage on my house yeah it's uh it was tough but uh i think i could do that if if i can get a signed contract from you guys 
No, Robinson Crusoe is one of those games that I'm I need to own. Yes, because I I think I I would want to be able to break that out more. And you each have copies, and we never play it. So I, I we need to get this to the table more. Mm-hmm. So maybe the giving the expansion would maybe put more pressure on you to get it to the table more. That that would be true. I think I have to own it, and I got a. a a Daedalus uh, insert for uh, Robinson Crusoe, and it fits. It fits the uh, Voyage of the Beagle expansion, and uh, I've told Ben that he's a very bad, bad man because I have this severe, like I just go out and buy when I know that Ben's doing a new insert on a game that I love. I have to like buy all the expansions for it so that it fits just perfectly in the box. Yeah, very bad, very bad. So I, I I think that that would be that would be a good game and one that I think is on my top one or two games that I need that I need to break out and and play a little bit more. Okay, I, I know you've been having some reservations because I know it changes the gameplay a bit, but you know you want it. Uh, yeah, and I I mean I talked to Emerson who had uh, who had Robinson Crusoe under his arm and he said he'd played it you know twenty thirty times and he really liked he says he's only played a couple of the scenarios and he really liked it. And I mean, if Emerson really likes a game, you know, it's a, it's a pretty darn good game. Absolutely. uh, If a game designer is saying that they really like this other, I mean, it's definitely, definitely up there. Deep breaths. Great. All right, Clint. So what are you going to buy for Jonathan? Jonathan, I know that you are, you are big on artwork in games. It's got beautiful art. It's got beautiful art. It's a wonderful way of getting Jonathan to the table. And I know I've been surfing around Kickstarter, and I think that I, if I were to do a thing, I would have given him a slip of paper and told him that I had backed the Kickstarter for Islebound uh, from Red Raven Games. Tell me more. And Ryan Lockett. Islebound looks really like a fantastic uh game from uh ryan lockett i almost backed it on kickstarter uh the art is gorgeous again but it also has there is a you know modular board you're a you're a person that owns like a fleet of ships pirate and you're yes exactly and it ties into that pirate theme you can be pirates I just thought Jonathan through and through. And so I think that, that if I were to pick a game that I think would stick in his collection, I think it would be Islebound. You got a piece of paper for Christmas. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Thank no, you. I think that matches matches it up with him pretty well. Mm-hmm. You, you weren't 100% sold on Islebound, though, were you? No, I, I thought it looked cool. But I was I was too busy to really, really, really look at it. And I'm still pining away for above and below. Yeah. If we could still get the Kickstarter version of Above and Below, that would have definitely been the gift I would get Jonathan. And and the and the kick in the pants was the other day my wife um, was looking for a Christmas gift for me, and she said, "Yeah, I was about to order Above and Below for you," and I had it in my cart. And whenever I pl- pushed to check out, it was sold out. Oh man! So it was like salt, salt in the wound. That game is getting a lot more buzz. When I yeah. we, when we I first got my copy, no one was talking about it. it but it, I was really shocked at how quiet things were about it for a while and it's just kind of slowly been bubbling up i think board game geek was good for it yeah yes yeah the convention i think definitely helped it out and all the people talking about it yeah so absolutely well sean why'd you get me why'd you get me why'd you get me 
hope you like zombie dice. No. I, I dug down really deep, and I was trying to think of something that was thematic and told a good story and had lots of uh, lots of drama embedded in it. And, um, you know, I went out and uh, shelled out a, f- a little bit of bucks and got you uh, Star Wars Queen's Gambit. Wow. That's that's kind of a hard game to get a hold of You're these showing days. me up. It, it was at least $300. I'll go ahead. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to tell you exactly how much, but it was at least, at least $300. So it's, you know... You're worth it. So let's do this in reverse order. Why don't I buy Sean a game and Jonathan buys me a game? Well, Clint, you had your shot. You had your shot. <laughs> That's fine. We can do it the other way around. We ha- you had your shot, but if, I, if Jonathan's given out three hundred dollar games, I mean, I'm just, I just think this, you know, has that miniature appeal. Has uh, you know, the multiple things going on. The different, you know, the different, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, the different things that are going on in the different areas of the board. Um, and I just, I really think it, it tells a, a cool story of what, what's going down. That's, that's good. I mean, I, you would never, I'm not worth that much to you. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll find it at Goodwill. Yeah, exactly. Good luck. That'd be awesome. I would love to play that game. I've heard a lot of great things about it. It looks really, really cool. But yeah, good luck getting yourself a reasonably priced copy of that. But you know what? I do like your idea, Clint. Well, let's go the other direction. Oh my gosh! Don't do yeah. <laughs> oh, look at the time. We still got some time. Okay, well, turnabout's fair play, so you get to go first again. <laughs> Jonathan said he already had a game for Clint. No, Sean, I think that uh, I could do it. I'm ready. You want me to go for Clint? I had this the idea of a great game that'd be perfect for him. It's a little bit lighter game. I think he'd have fun playing it with him and his family, but uh, it's a game where you put your little face in this little hole and you wind something up and uh, <laughs> yeah, pie face. and it smacks you in the face. And I thought it would be perfect for Clint. Pie face would be awesome for him. Really? I'm flattered. <laughs> All right, that is seriously what you thought of for Clint? I just think that's him just – I think that's a little Freudian slip but that he wants some somebody to slap me. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm not in the same room with you right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wish fulfilled. <laughs> All right. I, I will go next. I know that, Jonathan, you love your Lord of the Rings, and I think you would love to have – the Black Riders expansion. Yes, I would. Are there any other sets that you like? You're really pining after for Lord of the Rings. Oh, there's only about fifteen. <laughs> if you have to pick one, which one? What, 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 what would you be your next purchase for Lord of the Rings? If I was going to buy just one thing, man, Black Riders is really tempting because it opens up, you know, some different kinds of decks that I don't currently couldn't currently run. But I'm also tempted to get the second Hobbit set just to get some of those dwarf cards and work on the, you know, getting my dwarf deck a little bit better. That's good. Okay. Clint. All right, Sean. I have two. Not one, but two. Wow. I, we really need to initiate this gift yes. buying thing. <laughs> but does their total value equal mine? It's no. <laughs> so what I would do, I'd get you a brick of gold. Winner. Ooh. <laughs> no, I I think for me, again, I would look to enrich 
your gaming experience over trying to get you another game of your uh, you know your hundreds of other games i think that i would go and i'd get you the eldritch horror gaming insert along with the dead of winter uh gaming insert i would dub i would double up and get you two gaming inserts and the reason why i'd get you those two specifically is is that i know how much like i said this idea of connection between story and gameplay is your sweet spot i think that getting getting eldritch horror or day or dead of winter out with that insert it just oozes that theme with the Cthulhu tentacles and the blood splatter on the insert, I think that it would automatically bring people to the game and get them in the mood to, for a good thematic experience. And no, I think that that was it's great. Awesome. No, I'm with you. Absolutely. I would love to have those inserts. I actually somehow managed to get all of the Eldritch Horror stuff crammed into one box with Plano boxes. I don't know how I managed to pull that off, but if I could get an insert that fit all those expansion that the, at least the first expansion in there, oh, totally over, all over that. Yeah. It, it's a definite winner. But you know which one I'm really uh, which one of um, Ben's inserts I'm really looking forward to? Which one? The Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Yeah, oh. that one looks awesome. It looks nice. It, it I can really just pop does. it out, put the tokens on the board, bam, I'm done. Yeah, it, it really does. And I like I said, I love watching some of Ben's just whenever he announces a new one, I'm like, oh, that's going to be another, you know, that's another 50 bucks. You know? <laughs> we need to get Ben on here. That's another resolution. Yeah, we definitely got to get Ben. He's a longtime listener. He's a great guy. And, uh, you know, I love his work. So Yeah, Ben does amazing work with Deadless Productions. Mm-hmm. So he, I mean, his stuff is just the the stain look that he does with all of his inserts really just really makes him like a work of art honestly yeah and i again i think that you know we're talking about some of our our grail games the games that we just love to get out of again and again and i you know i keep te- i keep telling myself it's like what would i give to get this game out faster or get it out more and i think those inserts do that so I've already got a couple of his, and like I said, I really want to. Get, I got one for Eclipse, and so I'm just dying to get Eclipse out now, so that I can just use the insert. So fantastic! I think you. Got, I think you all did very well. Can you I know, do an addendum on mine? Are you are, are you are you taking it back? Can I get a redo? <laughs> I was just thinking a little more about Clint, you know, and it's it's a little bit cheating because I know he wants this, but um, the Eagle. Griffin version of uh, oh, what's it called? Remind me. I know <laughs> what it Empires is. 3. I can picture it perfectly in my mind. Yeah, Age of Empires. Yeah, that that looks amazing. Just just opening that box up is just amazing. All the stuff that's in there, and I know I could just see your face. You would be so excited to open that thing up. Ah, uh, it is. Like I love my copy of the game. I have all the expansions, and I I open that, and I'm like, I want this, and I already own this game. But I mean, Eagle Griffin. They, yeah. If I had if I had a game, I'd have Eagle Griffin produce it. I mean, they, they're just works of art. It's just it's awesome. So here's what I learned from this exercise. I'm a cheapskate, apparently. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I got you both expansions, and you guys are getting. Uh-huh. I'm playing with imaginary money, though. Yeah. We're See, with- I'm being more realistic. If you know, we're on a budget. I want to get you something I know you would enjoy that won't break the bank because you're worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're worth all that imaginary money. 
Well, guys, I hope I thank you so much for making 2015 amazing. Uh, this has been a great experience, kind of diving into this whole podcasting media creation endeavor with you guys. Mm-hmm. Couldn't ask for a better group of co-hosts on this thing. Yeah, it was it was a crazy idea when we first pitched it, but <laughs> I really I'm really impressed with all you guys have done, and I really thank you, Sean, for all the work you've you've put in behind the scenes. Um, Clint and I just kind of ride on your coattails, but yeah, it's fun. Sean, you guys would have won Christmas if you uh, if you bought me a, a, a an editor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, yeah, yeah. Last time, last time I heard though, slavery was abolished. Isn't that what you're doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> It's a labor of love. It is. It really is. It's a lot of work. Um, but I think we're, we're finding our groove. We're, we're dealing, dealing with technical difficulties periodically. Like even tonight before we got started, we uh, were about to throw the microphones out the window. But hey, it all came together, right? Yeah. These things have a way of working themselves out. But thank you guys so much. And thank you to our listeners who have actually been supporting us through 2015. Uh, we really hope that we'll still uh, win you over in 2016 and that more of you will discover us as we go through the new year. So anything else you guys want to add before we uh, part ways for the night? Have a safe and merry 2016. And Jonathan doesn't want to say anything. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> thank you. So as our reminder always goes, you can like us on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter at PunchedPlayed, and you can find us on our website at PunchedAndPlayed.com. So until next time, remember, if you're going to punch them, make sure you play them. Been waiting all thing for that. Mm. Mm, eat those cichlets. Mm. It's like plastic coated chocolate. It's amazing. <laughs>